Welcome to the Dukes Up Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Thomas. I talk about and analyze mixed martial arts fights. The UFC on ESPN event from December 5th is what we're talking about today. Main card is up, starting with Jordan Levitt and Matt Wyman. Going into this, I thought for sure there's no way Matt Wyman has a lot left in him. I've enjoyed him over the years. He's been great, but he's been around so long. I didn't think he'd have too much Uh, And sadly, we didn't get to find out because it ended in 22 seconds. And it ended in a strange way. They clinched, and Wyman jumped up uh, sort of like a standing guard on Jordan Levitt. Uh, But he didn't try to pull guard. Uh, He didn't try to climb around to his back. He didn't drop down for a leg lock or anything like that. He was just kind of hanging on, and he looked like he thought better of it for a second. Wyman thought, what am I doing here? Is this smart? But in that hesitation, uh, Jordan managed to Jordan Levitt managed to grab a hold of him, keep him uh, keep him close, slam him, and knock him out. And a few things stood out to me. There aren't a lot of slam knockouts, but if you get your forearm on a guy's neck or his chin, it's a knockout. I don't know that I've ever seen somebody with a decent forearm on uh, the neck or chin slam that wasn't a knockout it just it's just a guarantee so obviously Matt Wyman jumping up and doing this weird standing guard thing was dumb and I guess maybe it could have been okay if he had hopped up and hopped off because he made Levitt carry him around for a few seconds I'm trying to defend the guy because because I wish I could have seen more and I've enjoyed him but boy that was that was rough, and it was especially rough because he took he took so much damage. He got a, I mean, I'm sure he got a concussion from that. So now he's old. He didn't get to find out if he's got anything left, and he's got to decide: is it worth another one? Is it worth risking another concussion? Just a tough situation all around. Levitt, who I, I didn't see him on uh, the Contender series. So this is my first exposure to him. And I'll tell you, he seems like an odd guy in a very good way. One of the first things that stood out to me was that he didn't throw punches after that slam. That was an impressive amount of restraint. And overall, he seemed like a pretty calm guy. That didn't surprise me too much, but I I really liked it. I liked that a lot. Uh, The commentary team said that he just started lifting weights. And I think that's a big plus. Not because, oh my goodness, he's going to get so much stronger. I don't think he's going to get that much stronger. The reason it's a good thing is because there's a lot of guys that get caught up in their ego and lifting weights. And even if you're not bodybuilding, you're still sculpting your body. You're still trying to look a certain way when you lift weights. And so guys can get really caught up in that. Uh, We did see that with Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy took some time off, was really into lifting weights, which which is fine. But it ended up hurting his fighting ability. So the fact that this guy doesn't seem to give a shit about what he looks like um, and doesn't seem to have quite as, maybe doesn't have as many ego hang-ups, at least in that area, seems like a real good thing. A guy that rolls up asses professionally and isn't interested in his body seems like a good sign he's got a strong mental game. I don't know if hopefully we'll see Wyman back. I wanted to see more from him, but... Now would be a fine time for him to retire, so I hope whatever he does, it just works for him. The next fight was at 2.05, Roman Delize, speaking of guys caring about what they look like, and John Allen. 
Delete was smiling a lot during the intro in a very genuine way, not in a fake way. I thought that's going to bode well for him. I, I think he's going to win this fight simply based on that. I know that seems stupid. Uh, I love the kicks. So Herb Dean did a great job of just letting them fight. And he did this later in the main card, too. One guy was up, one guy was down. And that always gets stood up for some reason. Referees are always standing that up. And it makes no sense, and you should just let them go. And Herb did. So I really love that. And what we saw while that was happening was John Allen constantly uh, throwing kicks from the bottom. He was throwing heels into Delize's legs, and uh, and he was threatening and throwing up kicks too, which of course we know can be can finish fights. One big difference between the two of them, between Delize and Allen, was that Allen seemed really intent on planning counters and attacks. Whereas Delize seemed to just be in the moment and reacting to whatever was happening. Round two was all Delize. He got good positional control, and Allen appeared to be doing a lot from the bottom, appeared to be looking for submissions and sweeps and maybe trying to stand up. But after several minutes, after a few minutes, we learned that he wasn't actually trying to stand up, and he was doing a lot of squirming that really seemed to tire him out. As round two was ending, I started to suspect that Delize didn't have quite as much cardio as Allen, so I thought the fact that Allen was burning up so much energy on the bottom was going to really even things up. Of course, in round three, it turns out Delize does have cardio. Speaking of Allen's work from the bottom, he was very active, but he never really went big going for a sweep or a stand-up. He never seemed to commit to one, and maybe he was just getting stifled in the small stuff by Delize, but... He just never went for one. He was always kind of working, working, sort of waiting for everything to look good and then go. He never just went. We never saw him fail to try to stand up. He just never really made it to the part where he tries to stand up. So I thought that was interesting and and something that you see from a lot of guys. I wish he had been more active in trying to stand up. I think it would have served him well because that was definitely a 10-8 round. Not because Delize did a ton of damage, but because Allen did almost nothing. So going into round three, it's looking like I'm right and that Allen's getting tired and that fatigue uh, is having an interesting effect and it's making his arsenal smaller. He's throwing fewer unique strikes. He's not throwing as... He's really just sticking with a few punches. Whereas earlier in the fight, in round one, really, he didn't have a chance to do anything in round two. He had a greater variety. He did manage to land that big punch. I think this was my favorite fight on the card, Justin Janes and Mowgli Benitez. Benitez was really interesting in that he's got extremely long legs, a little bit like uh, Jack Hermanson. Uh, So he's got a lot of body. John Jones is sort of like that, little torso, big long legs. And what it allowed Benitez to do was have some crazy long kicks, and uh, he's able to leverage those big legs into hard kicks. He was throwing everything hard, though. Punches, too. Uh, And to get past a rangy guy like that, especially one that throws kicks well, you've got to pressure him. And Justin James was doing just that. He was being smart. He was pressuring. But he didn't seem to have an answer for the kicks. He didn't have a good sense of when and where they were coming in order to check them. And he didn't have a lot of great counters for them either. So even though he was doing the right thing, he just didn't seem to have enough enough tools and enough firepower 
to make his smart positioning work for him. What was really interesting was that Jaynes did have some success, and his best weapon, to my eyes, was his overhand right. And yet, the fight was won when Benitez countered the overhand right. With that giant knee to initially looked like it seemed like the chest, but it ended up being a knee to the liver. So I thought that was that was a heck of a thing that Benitez managed to to win the fight by countering the strike that was giving him the most trouble. And it wasn't like he was just winging it out there willy nilly. Justin was Justin James was doing a decent job of of setting it up and and the pressure helped too. So I was just really impressed with with Benitez in general. Speaking of being impressed, Jamal Hill OSP. I thought it was odd that OSP was the underdog going into this fight. But obviously I was wrong about that. He really OSP seemed lost for the first half of round 1. Then he managed to hit a body kick while Hill was coming in. And that kind of that that seemed to give him a little bit of momentum. He started landing a low calf a calf kick after that too. OSP had some success in the first round, uh, but it was all the second half. And I thought that that listless, lost look, he kept getting backed up against the fence for the first half of half of round one was a bad sign. Uh, but once that calf kick started hitting, Hill was not expecting it, it seemed. And he even reached all the way down on, I think it was the third kick. And I thought, well... OSP's looking listless, but he's starting to pick it up here, and he's going to have an opening if Hill reaches for another kick like that. So I was really expecting OSP to be able to capitalize on it. The most prominent thing here was how big OSP was. He did just go up to heavyweight, uh, so I guess he's still got a little bit of that weight on him, which is probably why he had trouble making it. He didn't make weight. He weighed in 207 or so. But he was so much slower, too. And OSP is usually real calm and, and pretty flat when he fights. But I thought he was more flat than usual and obviously far too flat. It didn't seem like he respected Hill, Hill's ability to close distance. And Hill, uh, well, this was the punch that had that set up the fight ending barrage. But his sort of a stepping in, almost a leaping uh, straight right. And he had success with that the whole fight. And after the second one, I kind of expect OSP to to realize how quickly Hill can close distance and also to be ready with a counter. That's that's a left hook. That's a stepping off right hook. That's changing the angle, kick to the body, kick to the leg. That's moving your head to the right, throwing the left body kick. There's a ton of good counters for that. And he just didn't have any of them. He kept letting himself get pushed against the fence. And he was standing flat-footed and just sort of leaning away. I wonder if I wonder if the weight cut just broke him down. Uh, if he's got injuries that are making it hard and, and hurtful to move. Or if he's just losing some urgency as he ages. He is 37. Uh, but he just really seemed complacent. For most, more complacent than OSP usually does in this fight in his uh, a notch in his favor for all the miles all the years that OSP has been doing this his chin is fucking nuts 
I I just couldn't believe how many. Uh, well, it got finished on its feet. That tells you how good his chin is. He should have been put down for sure, but he has got a coconut on him. Walking away from this, I think Hill is going to be able to make adjustments faster as he gets more experienced. Um, he had some success early in the fight, and then OSP started hit, he hit that body kick, started hitting the calf kick, started having a little more success going to the body. And Hill had a bit of a delay. All the tools seemed to be in there. He seemed to have the ability to win the fight. But there was a delay of several minutes before he could make the adjustments and then get OSP out of there. I think as he gets experienced, that time it took him to adjust to OSP's success is going to go from two or three minutes down to 10 seconds, down to one combination. So I really look forward to seeing him adjust more quickly uh, and be even more impressive in the future. The last fight, the main fight on the card, Marvin Vittori, Jack Hermanson. This is at 185. Going into this fight, Jack Hermanson's fought a lot of guys, and he's beat several guys that are at the top of the heap. And Vittori has not. He's not new, um, but he just has not been fighting guys like Jack Hermanson. So I thought this was going to be way too big of a jump for Vittori. And that yeah, it might be a good fight, but Hermanson was going to win it. And, uh, and Vittori was going to look like he was a step below. And oh boy, was I wrong. And I learned that very quickly. Vittori's hands were quick, which I knew because I've seen him fight earlier this year. What I didn't know was how well his, uh, his timing and his positioning was going to work against higher-level guys. And, of course, Jack Hermanson's not known for his stand-up, but he's still at the top of the heap, and that can be a big difference, even if you're not known for a certain skill set. A mark against Hermanson here was that, a lot like OSP, he got himself backed against the fence. He was standing flat-footed, and he was just sort of waiting on it, and Vittori took advantage with a quick flick of the jab, and then blam, blasted him with that right hand that put him down in the first round. Hermanson kind of got got his shit together after that. Started finding some stand-up tools in the last minute of the second round. Before that, he was really just covering, dodging. He'd throw a little bit here, a little bit there, but he didn't really seem to have anything that Vittori was worried about. The big surprise of this fight is not that Hermanson got dropped or that Hermanson lost, but probably Vittori's grappling. Hermanson eventually wasn't even trying to grapple with him, and immediately after the fight, Hermanson was limping mightily, so I think that probably contributed to the fact that he didn't try to take it down anymore. Um, but in the early rounds when it was hitting the ground, Vittori was capable and slick on the ground. Hermanson really did not have the advantage that I expected him to have there. After round two, I thought Hermanson looked kind of lost and, of course, exhausted. The first round getting dropped, <clears throat> that really took it out of him. But to his credit, boy, did he just keep coming back and coming back and coming back, and he seemed to get more energy as he went on. I noticed that uh, Vittori touched his left elbow, and I think – uh, Trevor Whitman mentioned this too that Vittori kept touching his left elbow, elbow in round one Hermanson hit that elbow with a kick that he threw to the body 
and uh, Vittori made some made a face about it, not a pain face, but like a brush it off kind of face, which of course doesn't mean that it was no big deal. If it was no big deal, he wouldn't have done anything. So I suspect that arm's hurt. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear in the next week um, that he ended up with a little bit of a tear or he had to go get an MRI or something like that just to check on that elbow. And I'll tell you, based on what I saw here, Hermanson's stand-up has no business in the top five. His hooks are, especially his right hook, which he threw a lot, it's really big and it's slow. He's got these long arms, but he does not use it to control distance or to throw from range. He just throws looping, easy-to-get-out-of-the-way punches. He also covers a lot instead of moving. And he did a lot better after uh, in rounds three, four, and five with his body movement and head movement and avoiding punches. But by and large, he covers. But then when he covers to block punches, he doesn't necessarily move himself to a better position. So you've got slow punches. You've got uh, not a terribly varied arsenal. And, uh, and the fact that he's willing to cover, which means you're going to have a chance to slip a punch through, slip a kick through. And since he covers his head a lot, blast his body and his legs to smithereens. I thought Hermanson showed a lot of holes in his stand-up and a lot of ways to get to him. So I think he's going to fall out of the top five roughly immediately, his next fight. Uh, if it's somebody with any kind of stand-up skill, is he's going to get wrecked. I just was not impressed at all. Boy, by what I saw. I mentioned that Hermanson was limping big after the fight. There were almost no kicks. He won round three, and then he gets into round four and five. Hermanson was still successful in four and five, but uh, Vittori did more. But I noticed that he stopped throwing kicks. He was having success with those kicks early. I wonder if he got uh, hurt on the check. There was a kick that was checked. Uh, if it got hurt... When he kicked Vittori's elbow in round one, or if it was just the combination, I can't even remember if they were on the same leg. But the kick stopped, and with that limp afterwards, I think we know something happened, and and he couldn't do it. So I blast Hermanson's stand up, um, but some whatever happened to his leg took away a lot of his stand up too, and he was just left with his hands. And uh, and so with, you know, if he'd had his feet, if he'd been able to kick, the stand-up situation might have looked a lot different. So as much as I blasted Hermanson's stand-up there, if he can get into a fight and not injure his leg, it seems like it might fare a little better than I'm anticipating. On that note, though, Hermanson threw so many hooks, and Vittori was throwing almost exclusively straight punches. So even being the shorter guy with shorter arms, he managed to get there early and often. One of Hermanson's best punches, though, was a lead left hook. He didn't have great success with that right hook, but he did manage to find a home for that lead left. That's all for this week. I'll see you next time.